Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We're thrilled to be back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in sports. If you're in the car, we hope you're driving safely in the snow. Jeff, how was your drive-in? Wonderful. It only took me an hour to get here, and I have a feeling that we're going to be on air all night because nobody else is going to be able to get here. It, it could be a, a little driving back, uh, but that's okay because we'll keep people company in the car while they're driving now. Good thing there's stuff to talk about, huh? There is. Uh, so it's it's a good thing that we weren't on the radio on Monday because I'd have been... I, I went through that range of emotions after the Eagles game last week. I could hear you weeping all the way from San Francisco. Yeah, you didn't even need to talk to me to I know, know that I was struggling. Uh, it was a... A roller coaster week. We will talk all about it. If people want to join in on the conversation, give us a call at 888-728-9941. We've got Eagles going on. We've got Phillies moves being made. We've got Sixers players injured, healthy. Who knows what they're doing? And uh, we've got Brian Prop in traffic. We hope to be joined by him and have Marty Turco of the Dallas Stars previously on to talk about the Flyers playing the Stars this weekend. Jeff, you're laughing at me because I can't talk. The Dally Stars? Hey, look, you know what? It's been a long week. Hey, look, I'm old enough to remember the Minnesota North Stars. So. Oh, I love their jerseys. Which prop played for the Minnesota North Stars. I love their logo. Yeah. The, I just I was upset when they moved. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk Eagles first as we wait for our hockey guests for a minute. Yeah. Um I you want you want you want a, you want a handkerchief? Uh it was tough. <laughs> so you kept saying like why aren't I getting overly excited about the Eagles? And I think it was more anxiety of like another shoe potentially dropping. Can you can you believe it? We just had a discussion last Friday about how just enjoy this, relax, everything's going to be fine, and then it, the sky actually did fall. <laughs> well, and you said to me like, "Are you happy?" No, I wasn't looking for validation. <laughs> it was just why I wasn't overly, you know, I I was concerned because it just seemed like it was too good to be true and you're watching this game and the team going back and forth it was a it was a good football game mm -hmm. to watch um you know before and they, won. they did win before the injury though Carson Wentz had 41 dropbacks right you know you can't you're on pace for 50 plus dropbacks that was a third quarter what did I say last week they had this pound in the ball and now they're gonna have to pound so the it's ball. it's funny you say that so um, my son didn't take a nap and he's napping on my wife's shoulder and I'm not one that like yells at the TV regularly, but Ajayi had such a good first half running the ball and then in the third quarter they weren't handing the ball to him and I yelled at the TV at one point my son's head popped up. My wife just looked at me and she goes, really? Like, really, you're going to do that? I was you're like, terrorizing your son. I, it, it, it's not a my fault. It's Doug, it's Doug Peterson's fault. <laughs> <laughs> he should have called more run plays for Jay Ajayi. That's right. He really was running all over the Rams and... You know, I, I, I still don't understand the, like, I always hear them say Doug's going to be Doug and go back to passing Doug and pass happy Doug. Um, if this hopefully is an excuse to go back to running the ball, I, I don't think he's going to do it, though. I think he's going to run his offense with Nick Foles. I think he's going to try and say that's what I can do. Just like Andy Reid. Um, are you surprised? It, it's, it's the exact same thing. And when you have the stable of backs that they have that we didn't really think that they were going to have this year, how could you not run the ball now? Especially the teams that are upcoming, they don't have good run de defenses. So this well, the is Giants the, are what thirtieth in run defense. They're putrid. Now they've got Landon. They Huff. they are so bad it's it's embarrassing. This is your team. What's left of it? Well, you got it's a disaster. Your, your coach it, it, is gone. It, it, it <laughs> he wasn't really a coach. <laughs> Eli's back. <laughs> Eli's back. <laughs> so what's going to happen this weekend? 
Is this going to be the Eagles are going to run all over the Giants? Are they going to run the ball though? Or yes. Are they going to try no, and outsmart themselves? I was themselves being, I was actually being literal. They okay. are going to run real- all over the Giants. I I would be willing to bet you that they have they control time of possession by more than ten minutes. So I think I went through the stages of grief this week. You know the denial of. I hope that you know there was the reports of maybe it's not a full tear, maybe he'll only be out for a little bit and not the season. And then you watch the replay of the video and see how loose that knee was. Yeah, and he already had surgery. And yeah, he already had surgery. Yeah. Look, so he's he's on the road to recovery. But then you go through the like denial and. The, you start to like come back and now now it's like talking myself into can Nick Foles be that quarterback so they've got three regular season games left they basically need to win two or win one and have a Minnesota loss and they clinch home field advantage so the regular season hopefully will take care of itself at this point with the win last week you'd like to hope that you can close it out against the the Giants and and then and then play the Raiders and, and win it and rest your players have Nate Sudfeld come in and and play against uh, against the game in Dallas. For he kind of looks like Carson Wentz. I heard that. Yeah. So they're all really tall. Mm-hmm. They, that's the kind of quarterback they look for. And clearly, the team believes something in him because they activated him off the practice squad when somebody tried to pick him up earlier this year. Now there was a lot of talk after the game about are the Eagles going to sign another quarterback? No, no. There there was not a lot of talk. There was. No. The talk was Robert RG three. No, first it was Kaepernick. First no. it was people saying, Are they gonna sign Kaepernick? And it was actually funny because Ryan Lennox, one of our producers, and I were up at ESPN on Wednesday when RG three was on the Golic and Wingo show lobbying. lobbying to be the Eagles quarterback saying, mm-hmm. why are you... He's going all over the place. Pushing and, Kaepernick. And anybody, he could, you could walk down the street, if you see RG3, he will walk up to you unsolicited right now and tell you how he's so similar to Carson Wentz and he should be picked up by the Eagles right now. It does not seem like the team's going to go in that direction, though. It doesn't, no. it doesn't seem like right now they're going to bring another quarterback into the pool. It doesn't pool. make sense at this late date, unless you were going to bring in a real veteran... Who could, who's worked in this type of offense before, it doesn't make sense with three weeks left I think the, the concern among fans now is that Foles has an injury history himself. Right. And, look, you, you've got this week, you've got Wisniewski potentially out, so you've got Vitae and Chance Warmack on your offensive line. That's not quite the most reassuring thing in a play. That's why I hope they run the ball. If you keep dropping back, the likelihood that your quarterback is going to get run over with those guys on the offensive line is much higher than if you got Jason Peters and Wisniewski out there. Hey, you got Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, okay. So what would the reaction have been without the injury? Like, without the injury... There wouldn't have been a reaction. The, the team is now... The, 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 what would have happened is everybody would have booked their tickets to the Super Bowl by now. Yes. Yeah. M- Minnesota, all the hotels would be booked by now with people from Philadelphia. And they would have, they would have taken over... The, the Super Bowl um, two months before it was actually happening. So that's not happening. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I would be willing to bet you that there are over a thousand people in Philadelphia who have already booked their flights. And oh, before that, there were more yeah. than booked. Okay. So did you listen to, there was like a varied opinion among people this week. There's the camp of we're doomed. We can't do anything. Right. There's the camp of we're fine. You know, we're, we're this really great team and it's just one player. Mm-hmm. There's the camp of, I have no idea what to expect. And then there's the camp of, I'm really afraid, but I hope we can do it. Those are kind of the four camps that that I heard of opinions. If you were an Eagles fan, where would you come down right now? 
I would be in the middle of the road camp. I would be that you're going to be fine for uh, obviously you're going to be fine for the right now for these next three weeks. Going into the playoffs, it'll depend on the matchups, and it'll depend on whether Doug Peterson is aware enough of what the strengths are of the team are to run the ball. If he's going to be stubborn, which I have a fear he will, then it's going to be a problem because Foles can have a good game. I still think that, like you pointed out, the offensive line is not as strong as it was at the beginning of the season. Running the ball is easier on that type of offensive line than than pass blocking. So I think that you got to focus on what the real strength is, and you got to play ball control, especially when you get to the playoffs. After the loss to Kansas City, they made that change, and they, they went more to the run. Now, you've seen a different rotation. I believe Ajayi was in on 40-plus of the plays last week. Uh, Blunt seems to have his role being decreased at this point. I, I just Ajayi seems to be moving to that back with Clement as, as the change of pace back, and then Blunt there is kind of the, the hammer at this point, but not the feature back. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Eagles' special teams. Uh, they almost had one pump blocked. They did have another pump blocked. Uh, just not, you can't have things like that happen if you don't have your quarterback there to come recover it and, and pick you up. It's just not going to work that way. Right. The defense, what did you see from the Eagles' defense in that game? Not much. Not, it, not much at all. I mean, the, everybody said the Rams' offense is potent. It is potent. But the Eagles' defense the last two weeks. Their tackling just, has reverted back to yeah. what you, you don't want to see. And, and that's – they're going to need the defense. Well, the front if, four is, does not bother me. That, I still think that's strong but you're starting to see the holes in the linebacking core and you're starting to see the weaknesses in the corners. And that's what's concerning. I mean, that was the concern we had at the beginning of the season. And now it's starting. They Everybody on the defense, other than the defensive line, has overperformed. Would you agree? With Without Jordan Hicks there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now they're reverting to form. They're going to have to step it up. Don't count on Sidney Jones saving the day. That's I don't think gonna he's actually going to play. Yeah, I they, think he's practicing to get the experience, but I don't think he's going to be activated. I agree with you, and I think that people should not get their hopes up that that you know. But I'm I'm encouraged that he's on the field. Yeah, I am too. And and apparently he's been in the defensive backs room all season, in terms of the the mental preparation for the game, even without being there on the field. So there is that education learning process that he seemed to get some of. Who do, you Are, want, who do you want as a matchup? You can start talking playoffs because they're going to make the playoffs. Who, uh, the, the obvious playoff contenders are going to be Minnesota, the Rams, the Seahawks. Um, who else would you put in there? The Packers? The, I'm not sure if the Packers make and it. And the Saints. You'll see, you'll see how Rodgers comes back. I, yeah. I, it's funny. I, of all teams, I would probably – want the Saints as like an indoor team coming outside. Um, I'd want the team with the worst defense. Uh, I would let my defense try and match up, but I'm, I'm more concerned about the matchup with Foles. Um, so, know, so who do you, if you had to rank them, who, who would be the team you'd want to play that you think they'd match up best with Foles in there, and who would be the team that you would least like to play? I, again, I think that it's different if you're playing in Philadelphia. 
If they have home field advantage, I think they can play with any team. I probably wouldn't want to see Minnesota just because of their defense here. Right. Um, I, I feel more confident with our defense against a Case Keenum than I do against a Drew Brees, but I feel more comfortable with the Nick Foles against the New Orleans defense or even the Green Bay defense, but I don't want Aaron Rodgers here in the cold because for him it's just like playing another game of football. Right, and it's Aaron, it's Aaron and I don't Rodgers. Want, and I don't want Russell Wilson because you've seen what he can do against this defense. He's the type of quarterback that gives us trouble. Now, maybe they learn well, something well, from— Well, here I wouldn't be so worried about it. I wouldn't worry about Russell Wilson if, if the weather's bad. I wouldn't worry it as much. I, I wouldn't. He wouldn't be my first choice of, of teams I want to play. You think Atlanta sneaks into the playoffs? No. Mm-mm. Still have a hangover from last season. They yeah. just can't uh-huh. can't get there. I think they're going to have a tough time with the Buccaneers this weekend. I think it's just going to be a tough road for them to get in at this point. So do you agree with my thought process of teams you would want to play? Uh, if I had to rank them? Yeah. If, if it's a home game... I, I don't mind playing the Saints because I, th- I don't think that that offense is going to perform in cold weather the way that they perform in a dome. Historically, the Saints have not performed well outside of their dome. Uh, Minnesota, I'm, I'm more worried about because I think that they have head and shoulders the best defense in the NFL. I don't even think it's close. And I, I, and I, I say that not just because of the way they stop I say it because of the takeaways. That team is made to just take the ball away. And I think on offense, they're they're not potent, but somehow they get the job done more than just in a mediocre way. Case Keenum was never a star in the NFL, and he's been to a couple places, right? So So Case Keenum doesn't scare you, but the Minnesota defense is something that would concern you. It would greatly concern me. Especially with Foles in there and with Peterson. How about the Rams coming east? I mean, you've seen what the Rams defense, what the Rams offense. They're and an enigma to me. I mean, they came out of nowhere. I mean, Sean Sean McVay. Would everybody just agree that he's he's by far is the coach of the year? I think he's the coach yeah, of the year. I mean, he's thirty one years old. Yeah, he's younger than some of his players. Don't be jealous. I am jealous. I, I but now he's you're a genius. now uh, and we're getting ahead with our picks. But you're mm-hmm. picking Seattle this weekend against them. You don't think that L.A. can go on the road up to Seattle after that, that loss against the Eagles last week and, and come back, do you? I think the second, second part of the season in Seattle, nobody's beating them. And until somebody proves me wrong, that's going to be the way it is. That stadium, that there's a reason they call that stadium the 12th man. is because it just there's something magical about that place for Seattle. So you think the buys end up being Philadelphia and Minnesota with everybody else fighting it out? In the first week of the wild card. Or the Saints. I'm not sure if it's going to be Minnesota or the Saints. Yeah, because if Minnesota loses this weekend and the Eagles win, they, they basically clinch first, and then Minnesota has to fight it out with New Orleans. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you feel different about New Orleans if they're home in the Dome than you do going on the road, or does this team not concern you if, this year? If the, Eagles, if the Eagles go to a Dome, if the Eagles go to a Dome, they lose. New Orleans staying in the Dome. If, yeah. If, if the Eagles go to the Saints... The Eagles will lose. So if Minnesota were to go to the Super Bowl, they would be the first time a team plays in the Super Bowl in its home stadium. Yeah, can you imagine what Minnesota would be like? It would actually like be uh, lively in the wintertime as opposed to everybody hibernating. It, it, the injury definitely threw it wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Eagles have the record and, and you can be hopeful with it. It's funny. I I go back and forth between am I being too optimistic or or not 
appropriately optimistic enough based on what they have there. They they weren't only Carson Wentz, but he was doing things to win them games and a leader that that he was the most va- can't he, be. He was the most valuable player of the league. Does he still win MVP? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, he's going to miss almost a quarter of the season. It's it's hard to be the MVP if you're the quarter of the season. But the reason the reason they're going to get to the playoffs and the reason they're likely going to have a first round bye is because of him. So so if if the award is for the regular season, which it is, then I think he can still pull it off. There's been some am- amazing amount of injuries, like big time injuries to star players. Devastating in the NFL. In- injuries, yeah, yeah. Just quarterbacks. I mean, look, Deshaun Watson, another one that went down. Yeah. Speaking of the Texans, did you watch the game with the hit on Tom Savage last week? Yes. That's a problem for the NFL. It's a huge problem for the NFL. It's embarrassing for the NFL. I mean, he was twitching on the ground. I don't. By the way, I don't blame the coach because the the coach I don't think is it has the replay right there. But there are enough people in the booth, and there are doctors on the sideline, and they have the whole tent set up now. That the second somebody this happened, somebody had to see this. There is no way that you can tell me nobody saw. That I couldn't was, believe they let him go back he, in the game. He was one of two things was happening. He either was having a seizure on the ground, in which case you don't go back in the game, or he was out cold. Either way, there is no way that he should have been allowed near his helmet or to come into the game. He was on the field bleeding out of his mouth. But some people will say that's just football. Okay. Well, unless... Do do I just watch football differently since we talked to Dr. Amalu? I I know I do. Uh, you know, I, I've I've heard. I actually heard. I think it was Dan Lebatar was talking about that. And the NFL should just embrace its its professional wrestling side and be like the like a gladiators and just accept the fact that this is the way it is and these hits are going to happen and just embrace it. And I don't think I don't think that our culture and where we're going as a society is something that we can embrace. This I don't I think I, I don't think that's sustainable. No, I don't think that you, you wouldn't have to, enough players. I, yeah, I don't think that you can continue to have a feeder system where people will continue to play based on. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how that would happen, which is interesting because I don't know if you saw the article. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote an article, I believe, ta- this week talking about how with everything that's going on in society and everything that's going on with injuries, that the NBA is going to become the biggest sport very shortly. Not that it already isn't close to that worldwide. Well, their ratings are up huge. Yeah. Their ratings are up over 20%. And their use of digital media is on the cutting edge of of engagement. I mean, you saw it, you saw it the other night, and we'll talk about the Sixers in a coming segment. But, you know, <laughs> Joel Embiid trash talks Carl Anthony Towns on, on uh, Instagram. And the next thing you know, Sacramento gets upset. <laughs> Sacramento gets a beatdown because yeah. Carl Anthony Towns and, goes and, to town against them. And, and they tweet at him face. blaming Joel Embiid. Yeah. Like it's, it's Joel Embiid's fault that their team didn't show up to stop him. Mm-hmm. It's Sacramento. You can blame whatever you want. It's because you're Sacramento. All right. We're going to let that be the last thought with, the, with that. Stick with us and we'll talk a little bit of Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, and more. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 
or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. This is The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff, we've gone through our Eagles portion of the show. Did you watch the Sixers the other night? I did. Uh, which, um, so there was the game where Robert Covington fell into the seats and hurt his back. You know, how, how is it that there are giant metal things sticking out of the ground behind the first row of, of a stadium? Is that a, like an official sports quote, giant metal things? It, what was it? They, they said that it was four to five. It was an ele- it's an elevated floor, right? But there's no. That's not what he heard. And he back fell on. off onto a. No, there was a. There's a metal piece that is sticking out right after the elevated floor goes down. So why is that there? It's not like he's the first person to dive into that row and try to stop a ball from going out. It of was bounds. a bad back-to-back couple of minutes on Sunday. You had uh, Wentz go down, and then Embiid was out for the game on Sunday with and he may be out back again spasms. today. Yeah, look, it's uh, he's played more than anybody thought he would play so far. Right. Um, he's playing more minutes. Way more minutes. Than anybody Way more. thought he would play. And when he's on the court, he's been dominant. So is, na- so is now the time that the Sixers have to pull back a little bit, even if he's going to complain about it? And just because he was unhappy when he was told he was going to be 16 minutes a game. Fans are going to complain about it. You got, you got to look at the long term. You got to trust the process. Right? So, how you feel as a fan going down there if they sit him? I mean, I get it's funny. I get texts every time they sit him for load maintenance. Mm-hmm. Just like, what is this? You say, what a load? Yeah, like, <laughs> what what is what is going on here for for real? This is what they're calling it, and why he's sitting. And uh-huh. um, so they well, co- here's the good news: Covington is apparently going to be back tonight. Okay. Uh, we don't know if Embiid is playing. There is a chance that he may be sitting again with the back, which is starting to worry me. I've always wondered about his back because if you if you're at a game, I don't think you see this on TV a lot. He never sits in a chair. No, he lays down. He lay yeah, he lays down flat. Yeah, and that's usually the sign of somebody with back problems. So I, I don't, don't kn- scare me like this. I'm already dealing with my Wentz complex for the week. You can't do this to me. You can't take all my stars away. Mm-hmm. I got Pat Neshek tweeting that they took away Reese Hoskins' number, and then they actually took gave all it back your to stars him. away. We're 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 waiting to get in touch with one of the stars right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> A Dallas star. Mar- Marty's avoiding you. He doesn't <laughs> want to talk to you about the Flyers game this weekend so, out there. Just so people know that <laughs> we 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 were supposed to have two hockey guys on at the beginning of the show: Brian Prop of the Flyers and Marty Turco of the Dallas Stars. We blame talk the about. weather. And and we decided to have a snowstorm that nobody knew was coming, apparently. Thank you, weather people. Brian's trying uh, to join us. He's doing his best. He may get here by the end of the no, show. No, Brian just texted saying that he's almost here. So, he's almost uh, here? 
but and you and you asked whether or not he was going to come in, and I, what was my response? He's a hockey. He's a hockey player, player man. <laughs> he comes from Canada. This is nothing. This is like <laughs> this is like a coding. It yeah. was really cold in Connecticut, by the way, when we were up at ESPN. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness, Ooh, the wind was, up there. It wasn't cold in San Francisco. Ooh, that's right. Uh, you were out in yeah. San Francisco. I thought you were going to go to the LA game maybe while you were out there. No, but but I'll tell you, people are excited about Jimmy Garoppolo out there. Are they? Yeah, I think they might have found their quarterback. You're picking them this week. I am picking them this week. You are? Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the Sixers for a second. So they snapped their four-game losing streak. They had lost to the Suns, Lakers, Cavs, and Pelicans. Yep. Then they beat the Timberwolves in overtime. And that was a fun game. That was an ESPN late-night matchup. Got a lot of attention. It was fun because the highlights were, like, all around ESPN the next day. Like, everywhere I turned, it was either the Sixers-Minnesota highlights or LeVar going crazy at MSG over his kid. Well, everybody, all, all, all the all the kids, as I put the air quotes up, were, were excited kids. About, Is that like, about Joel Embiid's Eurostep move. Oh, he he went right by yeah. him. He, and then he talked trash about it, too. When does he not talk trash? Did there, you see that he was he was saying that that he's he's now worried that he, people are going to make him a villain because of how much he's tweeting? It was actually a fascinating piece that he did with Ramona Shelbourne, where he mm-hmm. talked about his use of social media and how um, you know he was talking trash before he was playing and not really backing it up, and now you know it, it was a really interesting piece that they did. And ESPN basically had a feature on the Sixers today, leading into tonight's game so the team definitely has a higher profile now espn had a whole day of sixers on social media yeah today. scott, scott o'neill was on this afternoon on the Rosillo show i believe mm-hmm. i didn't get to hear the interview but the but the espn set up a whole day i guess they're going to do this with different teams and today was the sixers all over the network all day long and it's culminating in them wearing their statement jerseys i like them the red jerseys are you a jersey guy? Like, are you a person who pays attention to no. the jerseys and the cleats and the... I know what I don't like. Okay. I know what I like. Um, but, but you know, like, for me, it's not even... Like, I'm not big on the new jerseys. I'm big on old school stuff. So, so I like old school jerseys, but I've always been a fan of, like, in hockey, I love the goalie masks. Mm-hmm. The the intricate detail on the mask. Do you so like I, the cleats? I do. I enjoy the the my cause my cleat. I you know it's a little. Bit I of think pers- it's a great idea. It's a little bit of personality for the players. Um, you saw last week with the Pittsburgh players, you know, dedicating it to their fallen teammate Ryan Shazier. Um, so you know he's recovering after some surgery there. That's a big game this week, by the way. Pittsburgh, New England. Uh, I I think New England's gonna bounce back. See, I picked Pittsburgh. Of course you did. We should go through our picks. Why? Why? Because yeah. you had a good week last week. Don't you want to take credit for like a good week? No. No, you don't care? No. I had a terrible week. You want to know how I picked the games? Uh, you want the opposite of me? No, I just put two treats on the ground and see which one my dog goes for. Way to make it sound to our <laughs> audience like you're prepared for the show. Why don't you just say that you show up <laughs> no, here and don't let, do anything next let, time? Let, let me explain something. If If I actually did that, my dog would just be staring at the two, <laughs> two treats. <laughs> hey, Brett, uh, Kansas City won last week. Are you happy now? Yes, I am. Uh, did Very you happy. did you like not wear any uh, Kansas City gear so that no, you couldn't jinx it? Got it right here. Um, have the Kansas City fans tried to throw you out yet for costing them a season? I'm the only Chiefs fan I know. <laughs> do Do you now eat Kansas City barbecue? I would like to try it. Boy, that's been a fascinating interview right there that we yeah. have with our producer Brett. Dynamite drop in there, Monty. Way to be. All right, sick. Back to the Sixers. Yes. What's going to happen tonight? Is Embiid going to play? Uh, are, are we starting to go into a 
people are going to question the amount of minutes and, and how he's performed. We're already redshirting one of our uh, draft picks this year in Markel Fultz, who apparently is back with the team but still needs a couple more weeks. How do you feel about that? Huh? Way to pay attention to the I show. I know. Marty Turco is texting. <laughs> he's saying he doesn't really <laughs> care to talk to you. <laughs> So, no, he actually, you want to know what he said? He, he, <laughs> he talking about our producer. He, 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 said, he said he doesn't answer 888 phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brett, your call is being screened by Marty Turco right now, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I asked I asked you, should we be concerned? We're already redshirting Markel Fultz this season. No, he he'll be back. back with the team. He, he will be back in January. He is back with the team. Um, but now you've got Embiid, who potentially he's kind of questionable every game right now. Right. Um, should you be concerned as a Sixers fan about what's going on with some of these injuries? Again, they're they're performing better than people thought they would. Right. So you got to balance it. Where are you as a Sixers fan? You're a season ticket holder. Where's your head right now? I'm worried about the fact that they don't have enough shooters. That that's what scares me, and that's what scared me before. Is because people have figured out as 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 freakish as Ben Simmons is as an athlete is that if you don't ha- if he doesn't have people to kick it to they just cl- converge on him and if you saw the other night he had zero points after 3 quarters he's still not shooting the ball well i, I think he's now afraid to shoot the ball cuz if you watch him even on his floater his floater as he's going to the hole it's always ending up short which means he's not following through it's usually a confidence issue and and so when covington's not in the game he doesn't have that if he doesn't have covington and reddick and sorich to kick it back to there's nobody else on the team who can shoot long distance. I know people don't like TLC, uh, but it's he's not, not the that I don't anyone. like him. I think he gets too many minutes. I, I just don't. Well, think... right now they don't have a choice. I know, I know. With, with Covington, Covington out, coming, mm. well, if Covington coming back, that's fine. But you know, you've lost your depth because you got rid of Okafor. Is Corkmus in Delaware? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I never know where he is, whether he's back at You, you went right over the fact that I just said they lost depth because they lost Okafor. Yes, because that wasn't really depth. It was just a person sitting on the bench. We've now lost two Okafors in one season. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think either one of them played more Has than job ja played in Brooklyn since he's no, gotten he, there? He no, had he no minutes not. the other night. I felt bad. He went for the Sixers where he can't sniff a minute on the court the, to the, not play for the, Brooklyn now. The Nets are trying to manage his minutes. That was load management. Oh, my God, what is going on here? <laughs> Let's talk a little Phillies for a second, okay? Breaking news today. Lots of it. You weren't thrilled. I wasn't. Your reaction surprised me. Why? I Okay, so the Phillies... If we were getting the guitarist, Carlos Santana, the, I would have been happier. <laughs> the Phillies made a bunch of moves today. They traded yeah. Freddie Galvis out to San Diego for a minor league pitcher that we'll talk about in a second. That 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 but, That's a heart. That one, that that one hurt hurts your heart, heart. Right. I know. Yeah. They signed two relief pitchers to strengthen the bullpen. Righties. And then they take a Carlos Carlos Santana from the Indians, who high walk on base percentage, power hitter to bring into your lineup. You weren't thrilled, or you were conflicted. Explain to me your reaction. Because we talked during baseball season about who is the face of the team. Well, now... Wentz has clearly established himself as the face of the team. Embiid is the face of the Sixers. You have Giroux, who's basically the face of the Flyers. And we talked about that Reese Hoskins was likely going to be the face of of the Phillies for the next 10 years, hopefully. And he was going to be the face of that team as their first baseman. And somehow, instead, he's now been relegated back to left field. Why is that being relegated to you? 
Because you don't think that they have a stronger lineup with Hoskins in left and Santana at first. You don't think that that makes the rest of the lineup around them provides protection for Hoskins, you know, makes the lineup deeper depending on well, whether well, it mo- leads to another move. Let, let me tell you the positives and the negatives. So the positive is, is Carlos Santana is a power hitter who doesn't strike out like most power hitters of this day. And he's a switch hitter. So you're right. It does it strengthen the lineup from that standpoint. It does. But he's not the power hitter that every, at least what I've seen. He had 37 home runs a couple years ago. But other than that, he's he's in the high 20s and low 30s. It's not like he's a masher. Do you need more than that? I mean, you got a guy who gets on base, who takes balls. No, well, no, but 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 I thought we were going to get that with Hoskins anyway. And, and why can't my, you still get that? You're from gonna, Hoskins in addition. Be, because hold on, because because of defense. Because I think. Nobody pays attention to the defense in, in major in the major leagues. And, and while Hoskins acquitted himself well while he was out there, nobody's ever going to say he's a great outfielder, okay? And the Phillies have a history of bad left fielders. We can go to Inky. We can go to we have the Bull. We can go to lots of people, Pat Burrell, not good outfielders in left field. But what we had last year is you had— You mean defensive outfielders. Defensively. You had three guys who covered incredibly well when you had Althair and you had Williams and you had Oduble in the lineup. And, and with that kind of outfield, it makes your pitching better. And right now they don't have strong enough pitching that they can afford to give up defense. Do so you- that's my concern is, that, is how do these pieces all fit? But I'll tell you what I think is going to happen is he's not done. Clintech's not done. So that's my next question. Do you feel better about the move if they move one of those outfielders and get a pitcher? Or do you think that they weaken their defense while at the same time not getting enough back? Obviously, you don't know who they're going to get ta- at this well, point. It depends on what the trade-off is. If, if, if they get, I think that Clintech is going to be the kind of general manager who is going to focus on hit, giving the big money to hitters and having pitchers that may be younger, who you have under your control, because I don't get the impression with him that he trusts those big deals for pitchers. I don't think you're going to see him make Cliff Lee or, or Roy Halladay-type moves. I, I just don't think he goes there. And if you remember, I know it was 10 years ago, the Phillies won without great pitching. They won with great hitting. Okay, They got timely pitching. They had Cole Hamels, but Jamie Moyer was part of that staff. And as much as we love him, he was not great. Kyle Kendrick was part of that staff. Joe Blanton was part of that staff. It, it, you're not talking about the four aces back then. So I think it's going to depend on what he does with this. And, I, and if he packages, let's say, Caesar with one of the and, and Williams and gets a, a number two pitcher, young, under control for another three years, then I'm happy. So you still think Caesar is going? I do. Uh, not to say I want him to. I think that he was one of the better second basemen, and I think he will be for a long time. But the the Phillies have the difficult but fortunate position of they got a they got a stud who's coming up right behind him. But you think that the Phillies would prefer to keep Kingery down there to June to to get an extra year out of mm-hmm. him, correct? Yeah. An extra year of service. It's about, a, it's about years so of service. How do you feel about a defensive infield of Santana, Kingery, or somebody Crawford and Franco? It's a good deal. Santana is a good fielding first baseman. He was a catcher when he came up. He's moved to first base over the last few years, and he's very good at first base. He's a, he's a plus defender as a first base. What are we doing for catcher? 
Alfaro is probably going to be the catcher. Is I mean, he going to be? Are they going to play him every day, and he's going to be your catcher? I, I don't. Uh, the days of having a catcher that plays 140 games, I think, is over. I think that they're few and far between. I think that Alfaro will be the starting catcher. He'll probably get 100 to 110 games, and then it'll be Rupp. It looks like they're trying to make the bullpen a strength. Uh, that's pretty clear. Investing, I think they did. Investing heavily in it. Yeah. Um, Adam Morgan has some some new guys in the in the pen there. Well, Adam Morgan's a lefty, and mm-hmm. they just uh, now they've brought in they brought back back Nishak, who I also think is a great personality. Um, and they brought in Tommy Hunter from the Rays, uh, and I think those two guys are going to solidify the bullpen. And if you're doing that, that should have been the signal when when. He went out and got Nishak and then went and got an, another reliever. That should have been the signal to everybody in Philadelphia that this is no longer going to be a five-year process. You don't go out and sign relievers when you don't expect to win. That's why they got rid of Nishak when they did. So I knew that this was going to be a good offseason once that started happening. And I don't think Ga- I think Gabe Kapler has even said he doesn't have the patience to be doing a process. So as a Phillies fan, how do you feel coming out of the winter meetings with where this team stands, acknowledging that they're probably not done yet? The Phillies are now the second best team in the NL East. Easily. Just fact, end of story. End of story. I mean, let's face it. it it's not like I'm, I'm going out on a limb here. The Marlins might lose a record number of games this year. If Derek Jeter, who is ter- – <laughs> Derek Jeter has, has – decimated that team look that could the be Braves a legit thing. trade but the optics of him Which one the stanton trade yeah but he's made more than that i know he got the rid Azuna of azuna is another 30 who was under guy. a great contract right he got D, he got rid of d, d gordon, gordon and got, almost got nothing for him which you think would help the the phillies in terms of moving cesar in that d gordon's another second baseman off the market mm-hmm. so if, if there's a team looking potentially more of a match yeah but Derek jeter is gonna he's i think he's going for a million dollar payroll <laughs> and then they'll complain that nobody comes to the games because you're not putting a product on the field that anybody wants to see. Well, here's the problem. Nobody was coming to the games anyway, okay? Remember, the night that Roy Halladay pitched the perfect game, there was nobody there. Everybody bought the tickets they afterwards. They sold tickets after the game was over. And they sold more, I believe, than they actually had people there when it actually happened. That base, They said for years baseball won't work in Southern Florida and it's still not going to work in South Florida. They should just move the team somewhere else. Before we go to break, you're a person who pays attention to the bench coaches and the coaching staff for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had your opinions of who you wanted. How do you feel now that they've brought on their first base coach and kind of rounded out their staff, other than the fact that they have a ton of assistant coaches? How do you feel about that? I think it's a young staff, and it's going to be high energy. And I think I think you're going to see a lot of little mini Larry Boas out there is what I think is going to happen. A lot, of, a lot of hotheads. That yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I really think that Mickey Borne, Morandini should have stayed on the bench. I don't know if he wanted to, quite frankly, but I, I liked having Boa and I liked having Morandini on the bench, some older guys. Is that the sentimental you or the – like are you resistant to the change no, it, of the it, analytics and the youthful movement? No, and, I, I have I have no opposition to the analytics. I just, I just worry that if you have too much – youth there's supposed to be some stability to a bench that's what coaches bring especially in baseball charlie manuel was stability everybody gave him a hard time when he got here uncle charlie they you know it was very difficult when he first got here but let's face it he was 
probably the best manager the Phillies have ever had. He won a World Series. He's beloved now. And, yeah, and it was because he was able to bring a calm stability that comes with age. Well, Jeff, you bring a calm stability to this show. And with that, we're going to go to break. Oh. Stick with us, and when we come back, we'll talk a little flyers. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, are you paying attention this segment? I'm going to try to pay attention. This is our first, uh, I guess, storm show. I don't know what you want to call it. It's not exactly. Is this like really a, a storm? It's not a blizzard out there, but apparently it, it's like Atlanta. You have a dusting of snow and nobody can get around. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously. Even the hockey guy didn't get here. But our poor but, callers are sitting in their car right now, struggling, and all you're doing is complaining about the snow. That they're, they're really not going to be very happy um, about that. Well, I I just think that it it will be fun to have these two guys on. These are all time greats on their respective teams, and and they're good guys and they're funny. And I I think that it's uh, it'll be fun once we get them actually on the air. Well, we're we're working on it right now. So uh, you watch the Flyers this week. They've now won five in a row. Who is this team? After their losing streak. So is it McDonald? Is it McDonald and Gudis? Is that what we are relying upon? I'm not sure. Marty, are you there? Are you joining us? I'm here, finally. Hey, Marty. Sorry, thank you. So were you, Marty, were you screening our calls? <laughs> hell, hell yeah. one numbers? <laughs> I'm like, that's a... That's a no-go right there. You Jeff, you got to give him a warning next time where we're calling from. No, we'll be selling you a mortgage after this, too. Yeah, don't worry. We'll take good care of you, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit. The, the Flyers are, are playing a little bit better right now, and they're they're headed to play your Dallas Stars tomorrow night. What, yeah, how's... I mean, you – I think you understated the fact that their Flyers are playing well, the fact that they won five in a row, but – all of a sudden, the Stars are playing great on the road. That um, remains to be seen tonight, to say the least, against the Devils. But I think it's going to be a great matchup. You know, two 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 teams that that, that play hard. You know, play physical uh, most nights. This is it's going to be a, a great matchup, especially on the back-to-back night and the end of a road trip for. For my guys from Texas, they're going to be giving it everything they got. I'm looking forward to watching that one. What should Flyers fans expect to see from the Stars? How's your team playing this season? Well, it's, um, you know, I think we've gone in segments, too, of playing great. 
and playing not so great. We're uh, with you. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> Flyers, you know, historically, uh, while they've had Hitchcock, they know his style of play. And, and today's game, um, the Dallas Stars still have plenty of scoring chances, being his first year of coaching a team that, you know, has led the league or has been around the league leading in, in scoring goals for the last five years. Um, you're still going to see a lot of skilled guys, but uh, they've really been working hard on their defensive side, being in the right position. Um, a lot of uh, – sorry, some guys just pulled up in front of me. Um, you know, being on, being on the right position of the puck, um, young defensemen, you know, John Klingberg, for example, is leading the league for defensemen scoring, is uh, just a complete wizard uh, with the puck, but he's learning the defensive side of the game because of Hitchcock and Rick Wilson, that has been um, That's right. Ken Hitchcock is there. Ken Hitchcock <laughs> is there. And it's like a blast for the pass from us. You know, right? I hear it all over Dallas and Texas. It's like He's back they put the more. band back together. They're, they're like, hey, you going back in the pipes too? I'm like, no, I'm not 6'4". They were 6'7". They won't let me play anymore. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just so you know, uh, Brian Prop has been trying to join us in studio. Brian, you're sitting in traffic, right? But you're joining us on the phone now? Yeah, I just, I just pull, pulled over. So it's a, okay Well, now. we're glad you're pulled over and, and drive safe. We've got Marty Turco on. Uh, we wanted to bring you both on and, and have you talk a little bit about the game. Jeff's really excited here. I, I was kind of hoping you would both keep driving, and then we could see who – who actually curses at someone in front of them first? <laughs> our our well, producer it might, it might be would not like that. Because of the weather here. The yeah, weather our, here is uh, snowing. So yeah, like, it's not like Saskatchewan where you where you're used to it. Brian, don't worry. Jeff had complete faith that you were going to show up because you're a hockey player. I said, "Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure he's coming with the snow?" He turned to me and he goes, "He's a hockey player. Of course he's coming." Uh, well, I, 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 well, I, I, I can I can see where the building is, but I, I can't get there. <laughs> we can wait. We can wave at you. We'll, we'll wave well, back at you. Th- thanks for both of you joining us. Um, uh, just for for people who who don't haven't uh, dealt with Marty, especially uh, out in Philadelphia, Marty Marty comes from my beloved alma mater of the University of Michigan, and. Uh, he won two yeah. na- two national championships and had his number retired uh, right before I got there. <laughs> Marty, Jeff actually went out there with his son. He went out to see a game at the Big House a few weeks ago and made sure to go check out a hockey game right before that and sent me a picture from the arena to tell me how it's the greatest place to see hockey. So I get that all the time from him. Well, we may we might be biased then, but I promise you, it is it is a it's an unbelievable place to watch. Well, hockey I don't know. For Billy, it was built in nineteen twenty and convert it into a hockey rink, and it's just got a lot of character. Well, I can't uh, answer for you, but I know that Jeff's biased on a lot of things. But I'll take your word for it on, <laughs> uh, on the Michigan yeah. sports there. So, Brian, we had Marty telling us a little about what to expect from Dallas. What do you think? I mean, we were talking about a little bit the Flyers are playing better. They've won five in a row. What are you seeing that's kind of turned it around for the Flyers now that we, we've got this matchup tomorrow night? Well, uh, Elliott's uh, been a good goalie for them. I mean, even through the the, the wins that they have, I mean, he's uh, carrying the team. Uh, but they, they don't score a lot right now, and uh, so they need to score a little bit more. But uh, Dallas, uh, you know, has a, a talented uh, group, so it, it could be a good game, good game tomorrow. I am excited to see it. We'll see if the Flyers can get six in a row. We also wanted to have you guys on in addition to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we, we like to talk on the show about the impact of sports on the community. And, and Marty, Jeff wanted to ask you a few questions. We, we've talked a little bit with Brian. We had him on when they were doing a charity hockey tournament to, to raise funds. 
Uh, go ahead, Jeff. So, so Marty, uh, you actually are involved with a charity that's close to, to my heart. I, I'm a, I was involved in it here, s- sitting on the board of a charity called K Kids org- Organization. We've had Bill Giles in to talk about it. Um, you're on a similar organization, part of a similar organization called C5. And one of the things that we try to talk about on this show is is how athletes give back and how sports actually matters to the community. And we wanted to get you to talk a little bit about, and then Brian follow up with that, about about how you guys give back and, and, and how sports does better the community. Well, um, you know what? I thought I liked you guys, but now I really like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so detail-oriented, work really hard, and do your research. Um, I think the smile on my face, if you could see me, would say it all. Uh, that means a lot to even bring it up. Um, people don't people don't build dreams or have dreams, uh, execute their plan in order to give back. Um, someone doesn't want to win the lottery, and the first thing they do is write a check to kids or a foundation or something. And the opportunity, the very fortunate opportunity to play professional sports and, and the very privilege to play in the National Hockey League um, should just merely suggest that you have an opportunity to do something as great as you want to be in. And it's not for everybody. Um, some people don't have the time, might not have the charisma, might not want anything else to do. It need to go back home and till the farm. But um, for me, I was very fortunate to be around a lot of great people, and in particular my parents and my mom especially. And I watched her give back um, just by the goodness of her own heart, not with her money, because um, she didn't really have any, but with her own time and her own effort, her own smile, and to just give back to the community. People she was cutting hair for would go to their houses and cut their hair for free just so they would feel good about themselves. And it's a little thing that goes a long way, and that's the one thing I learned when I was young. And then, yep, I, you know, people put others on platforms or pedestals, and, and, and hockey players don't care to be on that one, at least the ones I've been around. And, and I think that's pretty general, a good general sentiment. And uh, there's a lot of guys that do a lot of great things with their opportunities that they have. And, and some is dollars. Um, a lot of it's time, and, and most of it is just sheer effort. And what, what we do here in, in Texas is work with at-risk kids um, that come from really bad schools. So being a Canadian boy, I was, I was very lucky to have some great quality schools in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Uh, I had loving parents. Um, I, had, I had goalie pads. I had a goalie stick. I never had new goalie skates, but I didn't know the difference between new and, and unused. Um, and I got to play club hockey. Um, well, these kids that we work with, they, their schools graduate 53% uh, of their high schoolers that come there, and they're all at risk at the poverty line or below. And we make sure these kids get into leadership roles, um, understand that post-secondary education is, is attainable through many different ways, and, and we help teach them how and show them the right way to do so. And I'm proud to say in the last 12 years of our program, 100% of our kids have graduated high school and all of them have gone on to college. And it is such a communal change to have half of those kids to go on to college. And now they're going to be giving back to their communities. They're super humble. They're hardworking. And they're going to be taxpaying citizens in this great state of Texas. I love it down here. 
social reform and education reform is not the greatest, um, but we're changing many kids, and um, we're we're well over 900 in the last 12 years. So I'll get off my soapbox, but I, you know what? You asked, and I had to tell about C5. I think it's just so admirable what this program does. It just makes me feel good um, well, as a retired athlete to be a part of it. And we do ask because it's not about the pedestal, but it's about the platform that you use, and that that's why for us. As a show, we like to highlight the, the way that that platform's used in positive ways. Brian, we know that you're involved in a lot with the community, too. Maybe you can talk about the impact that it's had on you. We always see you at the games, out in the community doing things. What's it like for you to be able to stay in the community and engage and really give back to the city that, that gave so much to you? Well, it means a lot to me because I grew up in Saskatchewan, and uh, so I have family there. I'm actually going to go to Christmas, uh, over Christmas, uh, to visit my family. I've got two brothers and two sisters and and about 20 other ones running around, so it'll be fun for me to visit with them. Uh, But here in Philadelphia, I've been here 38 years, and uh, I I do a lot with uh, charities. Uh, I did the radio for nine years for the Flyers and, uh, you know, played 16 years in the NHL. Uh, so it was all pretty good. But, uh, you know, I'm working on a couple of charity hockey games, and I've got one in January for TBA Angel. It's a traumatic brain injury, people. Uh, I had a, a massive stroke, uh, stroke uh, two years ago, and so I'm, I'm uh, getting better. But, uh, you know, I, I like to help up with people, and I have a couple other charity uh, games that I played. Uh, I work with the Wolf Commercial Real Estate. And we've uh, done two two uh, celebrity hockey games. Uh, we raised uh, 50, 45 and and sixty five thousand uh, for the two games. So that's all, all, all really good, and, uh, and it helps the, the charities that we support. Uh, but you know, and I and I'm the ambassador flyer uh, ambassador for the Flyers. Uh, this is my second year. I, I work visit suites in the first period with Bernie Perron. And, uh, you know, that keeps me busy, too. So it's, it's all been really good. You know, I love it here in Philadelphia. It's uh, been wonderful for me. Well, we definitely enjoyed seeing you there with Bernie. And, you know, it's for us, it's fun to be able to, to, to boost the podium that, that you guys are on. But then at the same time, after we do that, Jeff likes to bring it back to the other level of the fun side of sports as well. So, Marty, yeah. he's got one for you. Yeah, Marty, you might not like me as much after this. Uh, so, so. <laughs> So, so we figured. Build me up and tear me down. I love it. All right, bring it, bring it. So, so we figure we, we have an all-time flyer and an all-time star on, and there's a game tomorrow, and we thought maybe maybe you guys want to put a little friend, friendly wager on the game, considering Marty. But I wasn't sure, Marty, whether you're allowed, whether the NHL lets you do that. We we heard that you you well, might I, have had a bet with somebody I, before, Marty. I, <laughs> Where you're going with this? <laughs> so, so can you Jeff, yeah, yeah. Jeff did his research here. Okay, he's all ready for you, Marty. Well, I'll take the dare instead of the truth. Is that fair enough? Is okay. Truth or dare? I don't know how it works. Jeff actually has a uh, copy of the the bill that you signed. Uh, Jeff, why don't you tell oh. our listeners so that so, they can be aware? Yeah. So Marty, can you just uh, just yes. briefly tell us? Uh, there, apparently, you you were you spent a year in Chicago. And uh, we're up in Montreal, and uh, one of the fans decided to bet you on on the outcome of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is all true. Um, so we can scratch the alleged off of it. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I did play here in Chicago. Uh, I was in Montreal backing up Corey Crawford one night, and we were winning. And I was getting bugged by somebody to um, to bet on who'd score next, and I was like. 
all right, I can't really eat another hot dog, so I'm going to sit here and not take it from the guy like I'm having a good time. And I said, I'll take the bet. And I don't even know if I actually said the words. I just gave him a look and nodded, and he took that as a bet. And the important part of the story is that after um, we scored next, he, I got a $5 bill, came through the glass from not him, but uh, that's my horn, by the way. I'm not going to swear to anybody, but someone. Go! Yo, that's <laughs> kidding. Um, you got me all agitated now. Anyway, not just so legit. But anyway, so the, the $5 bill said Habs, Habs rule on it. And so, I mean, I think I'm funny. And I went into the locker room and pulled out the Sharpie and put Turco instead of Habs and scratched out Habs. So now Turco rules. And and uh, he wanted a you know, chance to make his money back. And I had his money, so I did. And, they scored in overtime to beat us, and I gave him back the $5, and he couldn't wait to get on uh, the radio and tell the story. And, and as it went, he was just so – he's like, you know, I went to been to many NHL games. No one's ever interacted with me. That was such a great experience. I had fun. This guy was – you know, he was great. And then all of a sudden I got a call from the league, and they're like, what do you do? What are you doing betting on games? Like, are you serious? Did you not listen to this guy? Like, and I love how you $5. put Turco. I, I love how you put Turco rules all over the oh, all over the five dollar sure. bill. That was, about the, that was the nicest thing. I mean, I feel bad I had to face the Canadian five dollars. It's nice blue color and all, but. <laughs> Well, well, I'm going to be up in Ontario in, in a couple of weeks. Can I send you a couple five dollar bills? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll turn those into two fifty real fast. I'll we, find them. We've only got a couple seconds left on the show, but we were thinking maybe depending on uh, whether the Flyers or Dallas win, you guys can sign a, a bill and send it to each other's charity and help each other out there. Or you, or you can go well, play in each other's golf good. tournament. No, I'd love to do that. See, we're, we're always trying to help and, and connect and bring people together. Well, uh, Brian, we're sorry you couldn't make it in studio, but we're glad you can make it on the call. Marty, we're safe. really glad that you could call and enjoyed us. We'd love to have you guys on again and talk more about it. Uh, thanks so much for calling in today. All right. Have a good weekend. Uh, have a great yeah, one, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks yeah, a lot. Merry great. Christmas to you all. Take Thank it you. easy. Take care. Jeff, we got a couple seconds left. That's going to be the last word. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Friday. Bye-bye.